If you've been a listener of First Time Mums Chat for some time, then you'll know that I'm a huge fan of encouraging babies and infants to develop their own imagination and fun activities. Earlier this year, I put together an episode focusing on the Montessori method, which very much encourages this approach. I received a lot of feedback following this episode, so I've been on the lookout for someone qualified. I was delighted to recently meet Daniela Hoyle, who is currently a head teacher for the Toddlers Program at the Montessori School in California. Daniela is a certified infant and toddler Montessori guide. And in this episode, we have a chat about the Montessori method and particularly its application to infants during their first 12 months. I'm sure you'll find Daniela's pearls of wisdom as interesting and as inspiring as I did. And you'll hear us talk about the importance of talking to your baby to encourage their development in imagination and curiosity, connecting with your child as much as you can during the first year, and letting them participate in activities. I'm Helen Thompson and welcome to First Time Mums Chat. I'm a childcare educator and baby math math instructor. I know that being a parent for the first time is challenging and changes your life in every way imaginable. To help ease your transition into parenthood, I aim to offer supportive, holistic approaches and insights for mums of babies aged mainly from four weeks to 10 months old. My goal is to assist you to become the most confident parent you can and smooth out the bumps along the way. This podcast is brought to you by My Baby Massage. To find out how Baby Massage can help you to increase your confidence and feel more connected with your baby, check out My Baby Massage introduction video at mybabymassage.net forward slash intro. Let's do this together. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please contact a medical practitioner if you are concerned or have any medical issues. Hi Daniela, welcome to First Time Mums Chat. It's a pleasure to have you here and I'm looking forward to discussing the Montessori method with you. Can you start by telling us about you and your background? Great. Thank you, Helen. My name is Daniela Hoyle. I'm originally from Peru, but I have been in America for 25 years. I have a degree on child development and my certification with Montessori, with MI, the Association of Montessori Institute. I have been working close to 15 years with children. And uh, for the past several years, my specialization with the kids have been from zero to three years old. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've always been very passionate about Montessori. I said to you that when I did my childcare qualification, I wanted to do Montessori, but never actually ventured into it. So that's why I'm so keen to talk to you. I feel that it would be beneficial for more and more mums to know more about Montessori. And you mentioned you work with babies. So how do we involve babies in Montessori from an early age? Yeah, absolutely. I have been working with children for many years and I always had the idea of 
doing Montessori, the philosophy intrigued me. Later, I study and then I went to put it in practice at the school mm -hmm. and I realized, yeah, how important it is to actually do it. And one thing is like with everything, when you have the uh, the philosophy and then you are trying to put it in practice, you're trying to apply it. And then once you study and then you know behind the scenes, all the reasons why it's so important, and then you apply it, you really see the difference on the children when they're actually doing it and following mm -hmm. it. So you mean babies? We're talking about the first year of life? Yeah, the first year before we get into the podcast too much, watching a brief introduction of what the philosophy is for mums that maybe aren't aware of Montessori and what the philosophy is. So basically Montessori, it's a, a child-led philosophy. And what we do is we work with the children where they are and mm -hmm. we take them where they need to be. There is a lot of respect to the child. We understand that they're going through the absorbent mind period, which is they're absorbing everything they see, they experience. And so these first few years of their life are crucial. So we know where we need to take them to have them explore and develop and get to their optimal development, their optimal well-being. So we want to see where they are and take them where they need to be. So that's what is called a child-led. There's a lot of observation and seeing all the areas where the child stands, and then we work with what we have. In Montessori, there are three main phases. First, we have the very first one from a newborn to the first 12 to 18 months old. Mm -hmm. And then we have the second one, which is the infants. Then we have the toddlers from 18 months old to three years old. And then we have their primary, three years old to six years old. So it depends on where they are. We help them on their development. Mm -hmm. And I think right now we're going to talk mainly about how to apply this philosophy and how to apply this absorbent mind and how to observe and lead the child to where he wants to be in the first phase, the first mm -hmm. 12 to 18 months of their lives. Absolutely. Thank you for that. People often say to me, well, babies can't communicate. I'm always telling them that there are so many different ways you can communicate. So from the Montessori side, how do we implement Montessori for babies? Right. So yeah, it's very interesting. I came across the same question. And Maria Montessori too, when she started, she started at an orphanage with toddlers mm -hmm. and she started working with them. And then she realized that actually the development started way before she was late. She was late already. This child has been already absorbing everything and yeah. exploring and just the mind is like a sponge. Mm -hmm. And he, she waited so long for the child to be 18 months old or two years old or three years old to start them how to develop. So she took the second phase and she was like, no, we need to start way before since the baby is born pretty much and, and do that. Now, I understand that it's hard and we think that it's just the baby. He is not communicating much. Maybe he is not communicating verbally, but he's definitely absorbing everything that he experiences. 
and all the emotions and everything that's happening in his atmosphere. So for example, if we have a, a baby that is crying because he's hungry or his diaper is wet or he's uncomfortable and we ignore that, he will take that as a negative emotion. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot of little things that we take for granted, but we need to provide a safe environment to the child for them to feel safe and to explore and develop in an optimal way. So going back to like what kind of activities, what would we help and apply on a baby? So what kind of activities we can do with a child? Talk to them narrate yes. everything that we yes, do. It's yeah. very important. Inclusion to the baby is there observing and he wants to participate and he wants to be close to mom and dad. So a lot of narrating and letting the child participate as much as he or she can. Even when we are changing diapers, the whole talk about the body parts and what is it that we are yes. doing and all of it, they need that, that vocabulary. It's huge. If we're in the kitchen, we can have the baby with us and we can prepare the meals, talk about it, talk about texture, talk about feelings, talk about taste. Those are some of the things that we can do with, with the child. Take them outside. One of the activities that I tell the parents, I know that we're busy with a lot of things and there's a lot of things we can do at the house, but... When we take a baby outside and just put a blanket and we sit down or lay down underneath a tree and mm. have them look and observe everything, the leaf, the birds chirping, the wind, feel the grass around them. Mm. So we can narrate and help them understand the environment. But also if we see that the child is intrigued or already engaged into something, just be quiet and let them be. Let them take it. And that is huge, huge yeah. on a baby. Yeah, because everything for a baby is new. Everything for a baby is a new experience. And right. I think developing that and communicating with them is so important, as you say, because you're giving them the vocabulary, you're letting them see different things, you're letting them feel the the air or the water or whatever it is on their face, you're letting them see the leaves drop, whatever it is. It's so, yeah. so valuable. It develops all the senses mm -hmm. from their sight, the hearing, everything that they can hear around them, the smell. Yes, they get yes. to smell the grass, the air. And you know what? It's also really good for the parents. I will suggest the parent to lay down next to the baby too and see what is that the baby's looking at. Maybe we've taken it for granted, but it's very important for us to reconnect as well with nature. And it happened to me that I actually do lay down and see, and I was like, wow, I missed this simplicity, mm. right? For us. But it's just so big on the child, on the baby. It's a texture too, isn't it? That they're feeding by lying on the grass and that in the hand that they pick up a leaf and squeeze it. All that mm -hmm. sort of texture, which is also to do with the senses as well, because it's the sense of feel and touch and as we both know babies feel things through their hands and through their mouths yeah texture for sure so another thing we were talking about that i wanted to talk is how important the safe environment is right mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. when we are at the house we can provide a safe environment for the child to explore when we are outside obviously there is just so much we can do you give them the leaves or a, a piece of rock or whatnot and some parents don't do it because they're afraid that they're going to cut something or they're going to put it in their mouth. But if you're there and you just guide your child to do it, let them. 
because it's very important for the child to touch this different texture, just the grass, the piece of rock, the difference of the leaf between a dry one and a, a green one. Or I mean, even a wet one. A wet one. Yeah, exactly. And tell them what is wet and what is dry and the sounds and everything else that they can see. It's a great time for tummy time too. And mm-hmm. put them under the blanket and have them look at the grass and whatever is going on. <laughs> um, but yeah, as safe as you can, obviously protect them, but also let them explore. Let them touch and feel and smell and explore the environment. Mm-hmm. Definitely agree with that. I think that's so important to let kids be outside because a lot of the time they're not and I think it's great even in rain or shine if it's sunny if it's cold as it's snowy obviously you make sure as you mentioned with safety you make sure if they're outside and it's cold they're wrapped up warmly or if it's sunny that they've got sunscreen on and hats on right safety number one but don't let oh it's too sun- sunny I'm not gonna take it out or it's too cold I'm not gonna take him out mm-hmm. I see parents do that and it's a shame because the, the child needs to explore and feel all of this it's huge huge yeah. for them for their development to actually feel the rain feel the sunshine yeah. feel being sitting on the sidewalk feel the dirt it's really big that's one of the main activities i will suggest to parents to reconnect and get them out i don't know how true this is but i've always heard that the montessori toys can be very expensive right yeah taking them outside is not going to cost them anything Unfortunately, yeah, the monastery schools tend to be expensive. And I think that mainly it's because the ratio is lower than a regular school. The equipment that we use are with better materials like wood or glass. So they do break more often. So there's a lot of things that makes the monastery school more expensive. But following a monastery education and philosophy, it doesn't have to be expensive. When Maria Montessori started, she started with poor kids at an orphanage. And all she did is just grab stuff from the house and from the orphanage. Mm -hmm. And the idea was that, that you just grab whatever you have at the house and you work with that. Now the schools take that and remake it with safe material. So that's why it's expensive. But at the house, we don't have to buy expensive Montessori materials, especially for a baby. We can use most of the things we have at the house. There are some uh, manipulative toys or puzzles or books that we can get. It doesn't have to be expensive. You can get them cheap too. But there are a lot of other activities that we can use from the household, the child, the first year, the main goal for them, what they care the most is to be close to mom or dad. And in order for them to develop once they're with the parents, just give them stuff with texture, give them materials and activities with texture. They're still developing their hands, their eye hand coordination developing all the senses and all of that. You need flashy, expensive materials to do that. Use whatever you have, even the wooden spoon from the kitchen. If you're at the kitchen and you have the child in a safe chair or something looking at you and trying to imitate you or just watching what you're doing, give them something. Give them the plastic spoon and help them spread butter on a cracker or on a bread. Give them the wooden spoon give them something for them to touch 
and experience with materials. Be at the house and let them crawl on the floor and go through your drawers and get all your clothes out of the drawers. That's what they want to do. They want to look and explore and touch and feel it. So that's another thing they can do. You are doing laundry. Have mm -hmm. them help you pair the laundry. All the socks. Pair them, pair the socks. Try to have them find the socks that match and have them pair them. Have them help you sort the clothes with colors. That's another thing. We teach what we are doing and practicing the activities. Most of our kids learn colors and numbers and the vocabulary through doing. We don't have mm -hmm. a lesson where we sit and we're like one, two, three. So we're constantly counting. We're constantly saying the colors. So if you're doing laundry, just have them yellow, red, and have them, you know, show you what it is. And there are almost all the activities that we are doing as an adult, we can do it with our baby next to us. If he's not fussy, if he's entertained, obviously, um, just try to keep them entertained and narrating what we're doing and give them something to touch and feel while we're doing it. It's interesting you say about the colors because I think a lot of people think, well, how can I say to a baby, this is red, yellow, because the baby won't respond. But you can still pick up a red sock and talk to the baby and say, right, well, I'm mm -hmm. picking up this red sock. I'm now putting it in a basket or I'm putting it in the washing machine or whatever I'm doing because you're, you're teaching them those colors. Yeah. Even though they don't know that you're teaching them those, those colors, they're, they're seeing the red, they're seeing the yellow while you're picking it up. So they're learning that vocabulary whilst you're doing it. So the communication it's so important. Yeah, it's definitely absorbing. They're absorbing it all. And by around 18 months, 24 months, they're going through this explosion of vocabulary. You get a child that, that talks only a few words and all of a sudden, boom, you know, he opens mm -hmm. up and just like talks so much. It's like, where did that came from? Well, for the past 18, 20 months, he has been hearing people talk around him. If you do not do that to the child, then it's going to take longer for the child to have this explosion of vocabulary. But if you're constantly teaching them, and you will see that the kids that have older siblings, they're constantly hearing the yeah. yapping, 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 yapping. So it's easier for them. But if it's an only child, the only way for them to absorb all of this vocabulary is from the parents constantly talking to them. So they are absorbing, they're absorbing, they're absorbing. Maybe they don't have the development on their mouth yet to say it out loud, but it's definitely working inside a developing inside and eventually will come out between 18 months to two years old. And you're also encouraging their imagination as well, aren't you? By communicating and talking to them, because if you're, if you're talking to them all the time, you're encouraging them rather than saying, no, don't do this, don't do that, or my baby can't do this or my baby can't do that. By giving them the vocabulary and talking to them all the time, you're encouraging them to use their imagination, to discover things yeah. for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And talking about imagination too, it's very important to let the child concentrate and let them think and process, right? So I know that I say a lot about talking and I used to say this to my parents, narrate, narrate, talk, talk, talk. But also observe the child, because if we mm -hmm. already have a child and a baby engaged into something, learn when to be quiet. <laughs> Don't yes. interrupt that because we want them to develop that concentration. 
That is very important. That's where the brain patterns are forming. So we don't want to interrupt that to take them somewhere else or to break that concentration, to show them something else or to keep talking, talking, because then it becomes like all day. He is there. We step back and we let them. And hopefully that can last for several minutes and the parent can do something else or you can just observe your child and be mesmerized But what the child is learning. But our goal is to keep them entertained or engaged into something. So this whole talking and narrating is when the child is looking for the attention and it needs to be engaged into something. Once we engage them, we step back and we let them. And we let them learn and give them that time because it's teaching them to have that quiet time. It's teaching them to know that they are allowed to have quiet time as well, just like parents want to have quiet time. So do babies, so do children. They like to have that quiet time and encouraging them to do that and allowing them the space to do that, I think is important. Yeah, definitely. That one is going to pay off a lot when they start growing. You're going to need the child to be on their own for a little bit. So it's good to teach them since the very beginning that it's okay to to be by yourself. You don't need to have the attention of mommy and daddy 24-7. You can be okay and at peace. And that comes with a safe environment. Once the child feels that his needs have been met, he feels safe in the environment. He feels he can communicate with his parents. So yeah, he will engage into something and he will be a calm child, baby, infant that will just take his time to develop his imagination. Yeah, I I agree with you there. You mentioned glass and wood and things like that. I think it's great to have that around, but I guess for a mum that's just learning this Montessori and learning how to implement it with babies, they may think that glass is not safe or help they're going to break the glass or hurt their fingers or cut themselves. How would you approach that well again um for one the prepare environment so he's not gonna cut his fingers with an unbroken glass so if you're there guiding them it's going to be completely safe if he's just touching the glass and experiencing and drinking from the cup he's not gonna cut himself glass is gonna have to fall and break and that's when you are there to guide them and to help the child walk away and step away so he doesn't get hurt, right? Um, yeah. But then the important thing of this is that it's cause and effect and the child will learn that now these things break. I've seen it in my classroom. The children are so careful, so careful with the glasses because somebody already broke something and the noise was so loud <laughs> chaos was so dramatic and all the teachers were like oh everybody has to move and there's glass everywhere and now we have to sweep and oh we make such a big deal that it's a big impact on them and they get even a little bit afraid so they will take care next time because they don't want this to happen mm-hmm. now if they have a plastic cup and every time it falls and nothing happens they're not going to be careful they're going to grab it with two yeah. fingers and they're going to do whatever and it's going to fall because nothing happens so we actually don't see as many accidents with glasses as you will think mm-hmm. yeah a child may break that. one or two and that's it most of the year he will be very careful you teach them how to hold the glass and how to be careful and usually they learn pretty quick 
Yeah, I like the cause and effect. I've learned that from my childcare experience. As you say, if something breaks and smashes, it's a noise sometimes or your reaction as well that makes the child sort of think, oh my gosh, what was that? And they'll learn to be respectful and understanding of that. So at the house, even more so, the parents can approach that because the child is not going to be there with several children. The parent can have the glass and be next to the child and make sure that the child handles it. And if it breaks, you know, make a big deal out of it. Now, you don't have to use the expensive china on the child. Buy some cheap glass or plate or something made of glass or ceramic. Even the used stores have it. So you don't have to use the expensive one. Just just buy a cheap one and make sure this one is for the child and he can use that one. So if it breaks, it's not going to hurt you as much, right? As a mm-hmm. parent. <laughs> Same thing with the, the adult staff at the house. Don't keep all those expensive things around when you have a baby crawling or a toddler walking, because then you don't have an environment for the child where the child can freely explore. The child doesn't understand yet, and the parent is going to be stressed that, oh, he may break this. So you're like, don't do this, don't do that, don't go there, don't do Mm -hmm. this. But the child doesn't really understand that, and it's taking it a lot more personal. So just take those things away for a year or so until the child grows and you can have it and and make sure the child can explore freely. Once the child explores and touches everything and looks through everything around, that curiosity is going to be met. So he's not going to be so willing to be mischievous in the future. If you're constantly telling the child, don't, 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 don't. Mm-hmm, One day, mm-hmm. the minute you turn around, the child, his curiosity is going to be eating him. But he's going to be like, I have to go there. I have mm-hmm. to, you do have to it. find out. Yeah. And they can't help themselves. They don't have that ability to control their emotions yet. So they're going to do it. But if you leave everything open and have them touch it with you, you talk to them, you explain why this is important, why this is not safe or this or that, and you let them. Be curious and be free, and he's going to be a much more calm child, much more in control with his emotions. And it's also going to help him in later life as well. He's going to be more curious and ask more questions and understand things a lot more because he's been allowed allowed to do that at a young age. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you would like to add on Montessori that you haven't already mentioned? Yeah, so like we were saying about the observant mind and following the child, right now we're talking about the very basics. The very basics for the first year of this child's life, it's pretty much to experience, to be around mom, to feel safe. Understand that their mind is absorbing everything. Their brain patterns are developing, are being formed. So it is much more simple than what people think, the parents think. If you just be in close contact with your child and if you are constantly trying to see it as an addition instead of just an obstacle, oh, this child doesn't understand or I have a baby and I have to do, try to have the child, the baby inclusion in have him be part of your mainly activities. And then the second part, because this is mainly right the first year, but then the second part, when the child starts walking and talking and understanding more, there's a lot more activities that we can do 
to implement and have the child be part of it. But this is very important at the very beginning. Don't think it's too stressful. Don't think you have to buy all of these things. Try to connect with your child and have them be very close to you, narrate everything and just do your activities with the child. And be present with the child. Yeah. It's an important one. Understand that the child is absorbing everything. So this is an investment on your child and on you. So if you try to do all of these things, then the development of this child is going to be in a better path for the future. A more calm child, more in control with their emotions, more feeling trust with the environment and safe, more in contact and in touch with their parents. So all of this is an investment for the future. So yeah, the first year, connect with your child as much as you can. Have them be very close to you and participate in all of your activities. And you will see that as an investment for the future. Thank you. I, I look forward to parents listening to this because I'm hoping that it will spark their imagination to be more in communication and bonding with the child so that they can help the child to develop. So Thank you, Daniel. If anybody wanted to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? So I am also a health coach and I do have my health coach business on the side and you can follow me or just send me a message in my Instagram is healthcoachdaniela. Daniela shared some great tips and insights during our chat. And it reaffirmed my belief that introducing the principles of the Montessori method to your little one as early as possible is a great way to encourage a healthy development and a strong connection. I've included links to Daniela's Instagram and Facebook pages in the show notes, which can be accessed at mybabymassage.net forward slash podcast forward slash zero nine eight. Would you like to hear more about the Montessori method on first time mums chat? I'm currently planning my episode content for 2023. I would love to hear from you whether this topic is of interest or of any other topic that you would like to hear on First Time Mums Chat. Why not take a moment to leave me a voice message and let me know? You can do this by going to mybabymassage.net forward slash message. That's mybabymassage.net forward slash message.